Ricochet. Oh, brother. Three and two to Mookie Wilson. Little roller up along first. Behind the bag. It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it. Lynch is staring in, has his sign. A 2-1 pitch. And a drive in the air to deep right field. That ball headed toward the wall. That ball is out of here. Out of here. A game-winning grand slam home run off the bat of Robin Ventura. Ventura with a grand slam. They're mobbing him before he can get to second base. The Mets have won the ball game. Ventura. Lopez wants it away. And it's hit deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run. Piazza and the Mets lead three to two. How's New York going to get out of this guy? Their captain, David Wright. He's had the bad back. He's got spinal stenosis. Played less than 40 games in the regular season. It's a cold night. be a problem on and off the rest of the season. Mm. Turner drives one to center chasing Nimmo back to the warning track right at the fence. He made the catch. Oh wow. The catch of the year for Brandon Nimmo. He took a home run away from Justin Turner. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen. May I have your attention please. The show. And welcome to the Shay Hello Podcast, episode number one. Thanks for joining us. If you are watching, you are on our YouTube channel, and you have found us by going to at Shea Hello Media. Please subscribe, and if you are listening on wherever you get your podcast, please follow us, whether it be Spotify, Apple, and again, wherever you get your podcast. My name is Casey Lynn. I am the founder and president of the Shea Hello Media Company, and this is our first ever podcast here for you. Today will be a quick podcast. Our co-host uh, will be on number two, um, as today I will take over for the first ever podcast for Shea Hello. And uh, we will go over, of course, all things Mets. We will go over all things Shea Hello. We'll keep it brief. And let's get right to it. So let's start with Shea Hello. It is a digital multimedia company that right now is focusing solely on the New York Mets and eventually we will move on to other sports and ventures uh, but right now all New York Mets content uh, we started May 31st but let's say June 1st so it's in about two months and a week so you know nine weeks or so and we are very happy with the progress I'm very proud of the staff that we have built um, and the partners that we have already uh, partnered with. Um, and we are trending upwards. So, uh, again, uh, we are happy with the uh, 
interactions and uh, everything like that in what has only been nine weeks. Um, Shay Hello is a company that I'm very invested in. Um, my dog, her name is Shay. Uh, I've had her for 10 years. Unfortunately, she's not doing too well. And uh, this company is in her honor and we will take this to the top and we will do it by a couple ways. If you've been following Shay Hello at Shay underscore hello on Twitter, uh, you have seen that we like to be interactive with our followers um, by asking questions, uh, going back with thoughts, uh, posting uh, anything and everything that we can get our followers into. Uh, and again, Shay underscore hello on Twitter. Uh, we are also on Shay Hello Media TikTok, Instagram, and now at Shay Hello Media on YouTube. Uh, so we are very happy as we are trending upwards. Uh, and uh, we are we are going to the top and we and I sincerely from the bottom of my heart thank you for uh, if you were a follower on any of those platforms that I have mentioned uh, and I would assume so because you are watching me or listening to me or both um, that you are uh, thank you and uh, it means it means a lot uh, to myself uh, we will have guest appearances as uh, we go on here with the podcast I cannot tell you right now who my co-host is Bill Pulsifer, former Met, uh, former Phenom, pitched six years in the majors, uh, 19 professional years as a pitcher. Uh, he will be on the next episode uh, as he is my co-host. And again, we will have special guests um, going forward. Uh, so that is basically what the podcast will uh, do and uh, what will go on with that is different topics obviously that's related and as we get deeper um we'll we'll see what happens with other sports and other ventures but right now uh for the first you know five or ten episodes it's going to be Mets talk and there is a lot of Mets talk um a lot of things went wrong uh you know we could start with underperformances by Jeff McNeil who won the batting title in 2022 Marte was never his Self, uh, you know, Scherzer, Verlander didn't get off to a great start, but then he did. Um, a lot of things, you know, they don't have that same energy. The biggest thing is Edwin Diaz. We'll talk about that a little bit later. That is number one in my heart uh, of what happened with this team. You know, they won 101 last uh, games last year in 2022. That's not easy to do. And for them to be where they are here in 2023, it's shocking. The Mets, if they were five games behind the last wild card in the NL, they should either stay put or maybe tinker with a couple moves. There was not much to do via buying. Never thought in a million years he would wave the white flag five days before the trade deadline and trade David Robertson to the Marlins for two rookie ball position players. And that was the start of what is not a fire sale, you know, again, most of the players the Mets traded, if not all, were not under contract for next year. Um, but that obviously started the Max wants to talk to the brass. Justin Verlander wants to talk to the front office. And it was a trickle-down effect, as we know what happened. You know, Scherzer to the Rangers, Verlander back to the Astros. But again, I give a lot of credit to Steve Cohen for making that decision. Because you know for Steve, a shark, guy who's used to winning and, you know, being competitive in anything he does, uh, basically waving the white flag 
in 2023. Uh, they were right where they needed to be, in my opinion, to still be in it. Five games out in the last wild card spot with 60 games to go is not, you know, you could come back from that. Uh, Steve thought they couldn't. He made the ballsy decision to start trading everybody. Uh, you know, if you heard him in the dugout in Kansas City talking to reporters, he said, hope is not a strategy. He didn't think the Mets were going to win the World Series this year. And he made an executive shark-like decision. And after, you know, sleeping on it and the dust has settled, you know, the Mets didn't have a farm system coming into the Steve Cohen era. Uh, they even traded, you know, uh, PCA, P, uh, Pro Armstrong, and for a half a season of Javi Baez, you know, horrible move. There, what was that, 2021? The Wilpons left Steve and, you know, everybody with Steve, basically a barren farm system. And Steve always wanted to be the Dodgers East, as he says. Well, you need a farm system. And that's where top or bottom five easily. However, since Steve made that move to wave the white flag and trade away these players, they got a lot back in return. They really did. Um, you got to give credit to Billy Epler. Um, he got back a lot of good young prospects. You never know how a prospect is going to shape out, but the return on the players that they sent away, they got a very good return. And you can say now, and a lot of um, analysts and people who follow the Myers, who know a lot more than I do, um, that's their top 10 now. In five days, they did this. So as I believe it was Billy Epler, he said a little pain for a lot of game. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, 2023 is over. It's tough to watch baseball. I get it right now with the Mets putting out likes of, you know, AAA players. Um, but l let me tell you this right now. The Mets are going to be competitive in 2024. You know, there's no way they won't. Steve Cohen will put a contender out there. Now, like he said, it won't be with the flashy names and the big contract signings, but he will have a, the cores coming back. And whether you don't like the core, you know, that's a whole thing. We'll get into it at another time. But, you know, they have to fill the pitching staff. You know, they lost Verlander and Scherzer. They'll have Senga and Quintana. Um, there's a pretty good class of free agent starting pitchers out there. Um, but are they any good? Yes. But the ones that are good, the Mets are not going to go for because they're going to cost a lot of money. Urias, Nola, Giolito. But there's guys like Lance Lynn, Alex Cobb, you know, who could sign one, two, three-year deals. And that's what the Mets are looking to do right now. I think they're trying to be competitive, which they will be in 24, and then set up for 2025 going forward uh, when Soto is a free agent. Uh, you know, Pete, uh, that's another discussion we can have about extending Pete. Uh, he's a free agent after 2024. However, we can just talk about the deadline. And again, I just want to make it clear it was a tough pill to swallow giving up on this season um, when we won 101 games last year, but I respect it. Let's just go through quickly the deadline moves that Billy Epler made because they did get a very good return on their players. Now, keep in mind, the Mets did something, namely Steve Cohen, that really has never happened before, and that is using capital, a.k.a. money, to Trade for prospects. 
They traded Scherzer. They traded Verlander. But between those two guys, they ate, Steve, that is, $90 million. Dead money. Steve is okay with that. You know, but you can't go out and get other players making, you know, a lot of money with so much dead money, a.k.a. paying for players on other teams like Scherzer, like Verlander, uh, you know. But he used his capital and his assets to use that to get prospects via trade. And because he could do that, Epler, you're up. And Epler did a good job. I will give him credit. I've been hard on Buck. I've been hard on Epler. But I will give credit where credit's due. Here are the trades that Epler made at the deadline. Now, I didn't understand why they did this five days before with Robertson. I was shocked. It was after the Mets won, after a rain delay game against, I believe, the Nats. And we were wondering where was Robertson in the ninth inning. And it was really, I thought, because Robertson warmed up during the rain delay and, you know, his arm was cooked and it's, it was over an hour. Nope. After the Mets won, I believe it was 2-1. to one. News right after the game ended, Robertson traded to the Marlins, the NLE's team, mind you, for two rookie ball players. They're young. And one, Marco Vargas, 18 years old, infielder. Right now, he's in the Florida Coast League. The other one in the Robertson trade, Ronald Hernandez, 19 years old, catcher, also in the FCL. You never know how these guys are going to turn out. But, you know, building a farm system is very important, and this is how you do it. Um, Then the trickle-down effect. Max Scherzer wanted out after talking to Steve. Didn't agree how he went about it in the press conference, you know, being a ranger, uh, aired some dirty laundry that Cohen and Epler had to really, you know, fix. But they got a really good player back for Scherzer, one for one. Uh, Scherzer, that's basically paying, I think it was $37 million of Scherzer's contract. Uh, they got Luis Angel Acuna, the younger brother of Ronald Acuna Jr., and he right now is in double A with the Rumble Ponies, and he is good. He is right right now ranked just like that, the Mets' number one prospect, just like that. Um, he is an infielder. He is fast like his brother. They actually came out that his brother Ronald, obviously who plays for the Braves, we know all about him, and Luis Angel Acuna, who now the Mets have, have a bet going on for $5,000 of who can steal the most bases between them two in 2023. And I believe at this point, off the top of my head, um, I could be wrong. Ronald Acuna Jr. is like 43, and uh, Luis Angel is 33. It's 10 more for Ronald. Um, but Ronald's having an MVP-like year. It's either him or Freddie Freeman. Uh, you know, they got back a really good player. It was tough seeing Scherzer go. We all know Scherzer and how he did. Overall, his numbers were good for the Mets. But as we know in the big games, the Atlanta series in 2022 when the Mets could have clinched the division, not good. San Diego wildcard series, not good. Then And this season, everything that went on with him, not good. Overall, if you look at his numbers as a Met, they look good. But in the big games, we know, you know, he didn't come up when we needed him the most. Uh, that set off the trickle-down effect to Justin Scher- uh, <laughs> Justin Scherzer, Justin Verlander. And, you know, he wants to win this year. Uh, listen, I wasn't happy about Verlander being traded. The Mets right now don't have a veteran presence in their clubhouse, and that is much needed, more so than even Verlander actually being a very good pitcher as he started off not on the right side. Uh, 
But Verlander was the MVP in the World Series last year. He pitched deep into October. That was a year after Tommy John surgery. Then he had the injury right before opening day. Missed the month. He got healthy. Mets traded him when he was pitching lights out. Um, you know, Steve Cohen respected that he wanted to leave in 2023. And obviously Scherzer and Verlander waived their no trade clause and off they go. Mets got a good return somehow uh, from the Astros. They got the number one and two picks or prospects, I should say, from the Astros, um, which is a very good return on a 40-year-old pitcher. And while I would like to have Verlander back for next year, obviously not happening, but they picked up Drew Gilbert and Ryan Clifford, all, you know, very close to the majors, maybe, you know, not next year, but a year after that. Uh, I would say Okuna is probably the next one out of all these trades that would probably be up uh, the quickest, but you never know how it's going to go. They got a pitcher, AAA, Justin Jarvis from the Canna trade, or again, a rental. Canna was gone next year anyway. And they got a 17-year-old infielder, Jeremy Rodriguez. I thought they could do a little better for Tommy Fan, Fan, but it is what it is. He was gone next year. Um, good return on these players. They were all leaving anyway. I mean, I know Scherzer and Verlander were signed for next year, but it is what it is. They did very well at the deadline. Yeah, these games are hard to watch right now, but um, like Billy Epler said, a little pain right now for a lot of gain. And, you know, again, I, I give a lot of credit for Steve Cohen to make that decision. You can't be half pregnant. You have to be all in or all out. And, you know, he was. He made a decision to be all out for this year to restock that farm system. Um so I give Steve Cohen credit for doing it. The future looks bright. You have to have a farm system, and we will be competitive in 2024. Question is, how? Well, it goes back to what happened and what the hell happened in you know, 2023 for the Mets. So before I go into that, one other thing that I have to bring up is – a lot of fan bases are not happy with their owners and general managers. We had fire Cashman all week because the Yankees didn't do anything for their team, and they don't have the talent to win the World Series. Um, Mets at least have a plan, and they will execute it, and they have a future. Yeah, and they made a decision. You know, The Red Sox didn't do much. Uh, the Angels literally were buyers, and going into Monday, they were 0-6 since the trade deadline. And they'll get nothing for Shohei Itani if he doesn't sign there, which he probably won't. Imagine not getting anything for one of the best players in the history of baseball who's going to walk to another team. They wanted to buy in, and now I believe they're like seven and a half games out. Um, the Diamondbacks, right there in the wild card race, they got Tommy Fan buyers. They haven't won since the deadline. The, the Reds had lost six in a row. The Giants lost two in a row to the – Oakland A's, the Marlins had lost four in a row after the deadline. They were buyers. They got David Robertson. So those are the teams that either made moves, didn't make moves, and look how it's looked or panned out since. Mets made moves, not the way we wanted to, but uh, again, a little pain for a lot of game. And I commend Billy or Steve Cohen for doing that. Um, so it doesn't usually – sometimes it doesn't work out. Maybe none of these players that Mets got do anything. Prospects are just that. We don't know how 
it will turn out. You know, Brett Beatty was set down to Triple A. You know, top prospect for the Mets. So, not everybody pans out the way they will. Um, however, going back to what went wrong this year, you know, I started this podcast by talking about Edwin Diaz and the core coming back. It is your opinion on what you think about the core. I can just go off of my opinion here on Shea Hello. And again, thank you for listening. Thank you if you are watching, or thank you for both. Please subscribe on YouTube at Shea Hello Media, or follow us wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you know, Jeff McNeil, Marte, down years. Even Pete with the average, down year. You know, power numbers are great still for Pete. And that's a whole other thing about Pete that we'll get into another episode uh, with my co-host, Bill Pulsifer, uh, who will be on the next one. Uh, but, you know, let's have to fill out a rotation next year. There's some big names that we talked about. But uh, we'll end this abbreviated podcast. Uh, I'd love to talk, and I could, uh, for another two hours. But uh, for the first one, we'll be abbreviated. Uh Edwin Diaz, WBC, tearing his knee, jumping up and down against, I believe it was the Dominican Republic. He saved it out for Puerto Rico. Uh, that was the telltale sign that maybe this year was doomed from the beginning. And it was. No, I did not think the Mets were going to be as awful as they were. But it was a trickle-down effect in the bullpen. Everybody had to step up. Of course, Robertson had a great year as a Met. He could return next year. Yeah, he didn't want to go. Dan Robinson is his, his own agent as well. Uh, he can return. He didn't want to leave. Tommy Fan could return next year as well. He liked playing in New York. You never know. But Edwin Diaz losing him before the season started was really to me the the end of it. Uh, before it started, again, I didn't think the Mets were going to be eleven or ten games under and be sellers at the deadline. No one did. But it was a trickle-down effect from that injury, from the bullpen and everyone having to step up and roles being different to starting pitchers, having more pressure on them, if you will, to go deeper in games because the bullpen isn't as good. Now, yes, Brooks Raley has done well. Robertson did well. Uh, Adovino has been up and down. But it was such a blow uh, to the New York Mets with Edwin Diaz. And... I had bought this uh, in the off season, the narco bobblehead. Hopefully you could hear it. Put it up to the screen. Timmy trumpet playing the song. We all remember it. Not going to play it the whole time. Obviously we all remember it. My point is with this bobblehead and the music with narco, it brought energy. It brought everyone to their feet. It brought, you know, confidence to the Mets team that, and that's where locked. He was a video game pitcher in 2022. His numbers were insane. Never seen anything like it. And it all goes down to the bullpen, the starting pitchers, the middle relievers, you know, even the offense. Uh, we didn't see this coming as drastically, but he was energy and he was automatic in the ninth. And that affected a lot of things. So, you know, we've seen crazy injuries. He's rehabbing now. I wish he could pitch in meaningful games. In 2023, it's not happening, but he'll be back in 2024, hopefully, as he, you know, like he was in 2022. I doubt it because no one probably could replicate that. Maybe the Mets bring back Robertson and he could do what he wanted to do, you know, be the setup man to him. Um, 
But losing Edwin was tough, and it really had a lot to do, I believe, with the season. Uh, there's a lot more I would love to talk about, but again, we're going to keep this baby abbreviated. Uh, most of our podcasts, if not all going forward, will be normal time. But I just wanted to give an introduction to Shay Hello Media, myself, uh, and when Bill Polsifer joins us uh, as my co-host on the next one, uh, we'll talk from a player's perspective, a former phenom, former major league player, uh, Bill Polsifer, who was part of, of course, if you remember, Generation K in the uh, mid-90s. But uh, there is a lot to talk about. We're going to have guests all throughout our podcasts. Uh, we're going to have Bill. Uh, we're going to have interactive uh, stuff that we're going to put on Twitter so you can ask us questions. Uh, and we're going to have fun on this podcast. Uh, we always do. Whatever it is via Shea Hello, we always have fun. So I want to thank you all for listening, watching, or both, and remind you to please subscribe on YouTube uh, at Shea Hello Media. And follow us wherever you listen, audio-wise, wherever you get your podcasts. Again, I am Casey Lynn, and uh, I thank you once again for watching and listening, or one of them, or both. And I am truly excited for the future of this company. So, again, thank you for tuning in, and have a great rest of your day.